Welcome to Season 1, Episode 3 of I'm Bored, the podcast that forces me to call my friends. Joining me today is a dear friend, Barbara Kempe, a longtime New York City resident who is way more cultured than I am. This will come up again in a second. Barbs, welcome to the show. What's it like being in New York right now? Hi, Dan. It's kind of crazy, actually. It's... um. I mean, I haven't been out that much, so I can't totally tell you what it's like out on the streets, but um, the few times I have been out, it's very empty, except for at Trader Joe's, of course. <laughs> uh, are, are places still delivering? So I, I live, as you know, in, but maybe some of the listeners don't, in downtown West Palm Beach, and we're in sort of lockdown but all of the restaurants deliver. I had an Amazon Prime delivery uh, from Whole Foods that had mostly what I ordered in it. Are, are you able to get everything you need? Sort of. Um, we have Seamless here, which is like, um, you know, restaurant delivery. And that seems to be fine. Um, all the restaurants seem to be delivering the same as usual. Uh, but like for grocery ordering, I usually order from Fresh Direct. And in a regular, like on a regular week, I would set up my order like the day before and I'd be able to have it delivered the next evening. So I went on the Fresh Direct site yesterday to find out when I could get my next delivery and the entire week was sold out. There was, oh no, there was no way to schedule one. So I'm not quite sure what to do about that. Now, do you have Whole Foods in the city? Yeah, there are some Whole Foods, and you can do delivery that way. Um, there's also, there is, there are obviously markets that are open, so you could go there. Because yeah, I was stunned that my Amazon order, my Whole Foods order, was same day. Like, it came like four hours later. Uh, and frankly, it's the first time I've ever used it because I'm a regular Instacart user. My Instacart order I placed yesterday, so yeah, I'm losing track of days. Yesterday was Wednesday, is that accurate? Yes, Wednesday. Correct. Uh, I placed it Wednesday and it's not coming till Saturday. That's actually been beneficial because we were able to take the things we got from, from Whole Foods off of it and a couple of other items. Like I had a toilet paper order I placed on Amazon that was supposed to come in late April that, that has already shipped. So you're starting to see some of the pipeline uh, ease up from Amazon. I've seen some things in stock today, so definitely stay online. But that is not our goal here. The, the goal of this show is to distract us from the coronavirus. Uh, so what we are going to talk about is, uh, and the reason I asked Barbara on, other than just I, I wanted to chat with her, is I wanted her to sell me on entertainment she likes, and we're very good friends, but we have very different taste. Uh, entertainment she likes that doesn't have superheroes or Star Wars in it, which is pretty much all I consume. Uh, so I'm gonna throw out the first topic. I know it's near and dear to your heart, uh, and it is one that I find baffling, Broadway. All right, so um, this is interesting. So I actually was probably more like you, maybe, I don't know, 10, 15 years ago, I did, I liked plays because I had been a literature major and very nerdy about stuff like that. So I liked to see plays performed, but I couldn't stand musicals. And my husband was very into them. Yeah, and yes, he was. Speaking as <laughs> spe speaking as one of his friends, I I, I am. Uh, uh, Robert is sadly no longer with us, but I am was very aware of his love for musicals. Right. So you know, 
um, after he passed away, I didn't go to the theater for years, probably three or four years, because it made me miss him too much. And then, I don't know, a couple of years ago, I was trying to figure out what I could do on my own now that my kids are older and I needed to sort of pursue my own entertainment. And I thought about going to musicals um, and be mainly because I thought I could do it alone without feeling like it was weird. Right. And also because it reminded me of him. And it's been a wonderful thing for me to see Broadway shows um, on my own, but also to share it with my kids. And so, so you know, me, I don't know how to convince you to well, like let, let, let me ask some questions. <laughs> so I, I like plays. I, I don't go out of my way to go see plays because I, I, I don't live in New York City. But Celine and I, when we were in London, saw some plays. I, I like a story. I don't quite understand the whole people are going to sing what's happening, or there appear to be a lot of Broadway plays that don't even have a plot. Like, I, and I recognize this is one of the worst ones, but when I was 13, I was taken to see Cats. And the first half of Cats is kind of okay. The second half of Cats is god-awful like there's no story it doesn't make any sense and even though it does have some fabulous songs I preferred listening to my mother's tape of the music to actually being there and seeing it and that dates me I'm sure but it literally was a tape right so Cats is sort of the famous non-plot musical right um and you either love it or hate it I think I don't really know anyone who could take or leave Cats <laughs> Um, I happen to love Cats. I think it's like campy, amusing, fun. But yeah, there isn't really a story you can follow. And that's just kind of how it is. So there's only one musical that I really, I looked into ticket prices when it played at the theater that's walking distance from our house. The problem is it's also a theater that's very close to Palm Beach where all the rich people live. So tickets were hundreds of dollars. Uh, but I thought I might like Book of Mormon. Uh, is, is that... Is that a reasonable place to start? You know, I have not seen it. I know I have seen clips and I know the show kind of, but um, I, I have actually never seen it. But um, that show is one that still does really well on Broadway. It's been playing for years. And I've, when I've talked to other people, it's kind of like the gateway show for like people who, you know, like funny things and like entertainment, but don't necessarily love musicals. So that could be a good one. For you. <laughs> so am I wrong that Hamilton just looks bafflingly stupid? Like it's, it's very simplistic rap about history. Is that, is that, the plot line, I, I'm not admittedly well-versed in this, but every time I've seen a parody of it or a performance of one of the songs on like a late night talk show, it just seems to me like something I wouldn't enjoy in a thousand years. Yeah, I'm not sure you would enjoy it. Um, I, would, I would not agree with the simplistic rap assessment. I think it's actually pretty great songwriting. Um, uh, I'm sorry, and when I say simplistic, I meant the structure of the rapping, not the structure of the lyrics. Oh, all right. It's very straightforward to the point that every office has done a parody of it and can, like, it's very hard to rap, you know, some faster songs, some songs with a, you know, a, a more complex flow. This sort of feels like any high school production could somewhat do what they're doing on stage. 
There are, I mean, there are certainly songs that are more simple and slower than others. Then there are a couple fast ones, and those are not the ones that people parody usually. <laughs> but, um, yeah, I mean, I think it's great. Um, and the reason why I like Hamilton is because it's actually a widow's story. It's based on um, a book, the bi a biography of Alexander Hamilton that's actually framed um, like as, I mean, it's his biography, it's his um, biography, but it starts um, with a description of his widow and how she kept his things and she kept his memory alive. And until the day she died, she was still leading tours uh, through his home and uh, in informing people about him and the things he did. And so the show is kind of, it's about him, but it is also about his widow and how she lives on to tell his story. And, you know, as we just discussed before, <laughs> as a widow, it really did speak to me. So I do love it. But, you know, I know every, there are people have different things they like and don't like. So let's, let's bring our kids into this. Um, I find that my taste has gotten more basic because I have a 16-year-old and Common Ground is the Avengers or Star Wars or sort of, you know, those are the safe things to see. And I've also found that, and maybe you have the same issue, because my job is so news heavy, I spend so much of my time seeing what's going on in the world. I want to be escapist. I, I really want to be in a situation that's, sort of not normal, uh, you know, where, where it, it doesn't reflect reality. Um, in your case, are, are you fueled by the fact that your kids like it or would you still be doing this as often on your own? I think it's a mix of both. I, I, I mean, it is, I mean, the fact that my kids, I have a daughter who is 17 who has just been accepted to various colleges for musical theater performance. So, um, she's probably going to pursue that and she's very into it and then my i have another daughter who is also she's more into the drama like straight plays kind of thing but um she's really also into theater so um they um that I, it is helpful to me or it does fuel my interest that they both like it, but I also see tons of things without them that they probably wouldn't be interested in. Right. And, and I just find like, I don't know, I've gotten more lowbrow as, as I've gotten older. Um, you know, we, we both have somewhat sophisticated music taste in terms of uh, liking things that are outside of the mainstream. We have a lot of overlap in music. Um, but in general, if I'm reading, I'm reading absolute junk, you know, zombie fiction, novelizations of Star Wars movies, like just things that don't require a lot of thinking. And when I was young, I was reading classics and making every effort to sort of be, you know, you know really educated on stuff. Um, so, so it's, I don't know, I find it different. So switching from Broadway, what else do you think I am, you know, lowbrow me watching pro wrestling and sports should be watching or maybe should be considering? Well... I really like this show called Better Things. Have you seen it? Is that the uh, the one that Louis C.K. got kicked off of? He was one of the creators. It's the Pamela Adlon show? It is. And so, I really like it. 
the reason I've stayed away from it, even though I'm pretty sure I would like it, is the commercials, everything about it is uncomfortable. And I can relate. Like, I don't watch Curb Your Enthusiasm. I enjoy Curb Your Enthusiasm, if that makes any sense. Uh But the sort of vibe of that show just makes me kind of itchy. And I feel like, and I know that's a bizarre statement, but I feel like better things, this like well-intentioned person who it doesn't seem to go well for, uh, I, I feel like I wouldn't like that in the way that I cannot watch a movie where someone is wrongfully imprisoned, even if I 100% know they get out at the end. Uh, right. I, I, like, I, I don't know. I want entertainment to bring me, to show me people having joy. And I, I feel more like that now in when, you know, obviously the world is a little bit dark at the moment and, and terrifying, but am I right? Or are they just sort of framing the commercials that way? No, it's definitely pretty uncomfortable. I mean, sort of on purpose. Like, I mean, there's very long pauses or there's just these really long shots of the main character just kind of struggling with things. <laughs> um, they hold, you know, they'll hold a scene a little too long just because it's a little uncomfortable or at least that's what I'm perceiving is the reason they're doing it. So yeah, I don't think you're wrong in that at all. So I, I, I like it because it's not like a regular like sitcom. Right. And, and to give you an idea, the only sitcoms I watch, uh, I watch The Simpsons, I watch Brooklyn Nine-Nine, and I think that's it <laughs> for sitcoms. Wow. I cannot stand a laugh track. I find that very difficult. There are things I have been told I would like. Um, the, uh, uh, the Good Place, everyone has told me I would like. I don't think I would. Uh, Parks and Recreation, I found very uncomfortable and not particularly enjoyable i don't know when i see people struggling i want to like send them gifts like it it it, 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 it i mean and you know because you've experienced that with me so it, it, it's not that i don't think these things are good i also have sort of a self-defeating barrier when it comes to entertainment in that i try to not watch a new show until i know it's going to get a season two or if I know it's not going to get a season two and they finish it, maybe I'll watch it. But I don't want to watch something, get excited about it and have it get canceled. On the other hand, that sometimes leads me to not watching a show I would like for five or six seasons. And then all of a sudden, it's this daunting task on Netflix. I, I am almost through catching up on the Arrowverse shows because for a long time I thought, oh, why would I watch Green Arrow? Why would I watch Flash? They're for kids. And they're really not. And they're very good. And it but that's been like three years of downloading episodes to watch on planes, uh, watching half an episode when Slim goes to bed. So it's a very tough line. Um, and I've created rules that are, as I said, self-defeating. Right. Yeah, I don't watch any of those like comic book things. I don't usually enjoy them. Yeah, I, I would think if you're not into comic book movies, and look, I grew up, uh, I grew up collecting comic books. Green Arrow was a favorite character because I also grew up shooting archery. So there, were, there, there weren't that many archery superheroes. And realistically, right. I can't become Superman. Um, and I've tried to get bitten by a radioactive spider, but it, it always just gets itchy. I never get superpowers. So realistically, the only attainable superhero for me was Green Arrow or Hawkeye. And now, of course, seeing how much training they go through, realistically, there are no attainable superheroes for me. <laughs> <laughs> that, um, you, you know, 
I, I've always liked about superheroes, though, the powers tend to work out in your benefit. Like, Spider-Man got the strength of a spider, not the sticky stuff of a spider or the look of a spider like you always seem to like i always joked with joshua my son that if he got bit by a radioactive lizard maybe you'd get like the lower half of a lizard which wouldn't be useful in any way it but if you're a superhero and i feel like there's probably in the universe of superheroes a bunch of botched things that turned you into like oddities that are not exactly super powered but that was a complete digression as we sort of wrap up here throw out one more thing that i can tell you i'm probably not going to watch um well i don't know if you watched this or not you were talking a second ago about you know waiting till something has a whole bunch of seasons and then watching it so like a few years ago i became completely obsessed with the west wing i had never watched it <laughs> So not only am I a huge West Wing fan, but the last three episodes of the West Wing are on my computer, like saved to my Mac, because the inspiration of them is something when I'm, if I'm on a six hour flight and I'm not in a great mood, I will watch the last episode, the last two episodes of the West Wing. Uh, and the, the same thing with, uh, with Aaron Sorkin's next show, The Newsroom. Uh, mm -hmm. And I'll go back and, and I'm pretty sure we have this in common. Uh, going back to Sports Night was one of my favorite shows ever. So pretty much anything he does, yes, I'm a huge fan. Do you go back that far? Yeah, I loved Sports Night. Um, I actually watched Studio, Studio 60 and liked it. I was one of like three people. <laughs> um, and, but I never, for whatever reason, watched The West Wing. Um, I just thought it would annoy me or something. And then a couple of years ago, I did. And I still, like you're saying, you watched the last episode. I watched the pilot a lot. It, the, the thing about the West Wing, besides that it essentially predicted Barack Obama, which no one ever talks about, um, you know, Jimmy Smith's character is essentially Barack Obama. And you have the sort of John McCain, Mitt Romney character uh, in, in Alan Alda. Uh, mm -hmm. so it, it was a, but that show and all the Sorkin shows, what I liked about Sports Night, uh, besides that it had Robert Guillaume and I was a huge Benson fan when I was a kid, uh, what I liked about Sports Night, it was the first show that people spoke at the cadence my friends and I spoke. Basically, anytime people tell me people are talking too fast on a show that was a complaint about Seinfeld, that's usually a show I like because I think most dialogue on at least sitcoms and, and a lot of dramas is half speed. Do you, do you feel the same way? I don't, but I know other people who feel the same way. I, you, we used to discuss one of the reasons why I didn't watch The West Wing is because I used to say it was for people with ADHD because everybody was talking too fast. <laughs> yeah, it, it's and, and as someone with ADHD, that's a, that is a great way to, to say. <laughs> Yeah, I find, because a lot of TV for me, I just find boring. Like, you, you can see where the story is going. It's, it's partially why I don't watch certain movies. If I, if I know what's going to happen, and when something is set in reality, I have a pretty good track record of knowing where it's going. Um, you know, Celine and I watched a, a movie the other night. Uh, Celine, my wife, for those of you who don't, don't know. Uh, we watched a movie on, I'm not even sure what service, Amazon Prime maybe. And it was based on a Stephen King book. And it was suspenseful and it had a lot of twists. But A, as you're watching it, my thought was, uh, it was called A Good Marriage. And as you're watching it, my thought is, there are so many really easy ways the character could get out of this. 
uh, <laughs> that that why doesn't she just solve the problem here or and then when it sort of goes to its logical terrible end it also seemed like if she just explained what was going on to authorities, it would probably be fine. <laughs> so, <laughs> you know, I, I don't like, and it was a terrible peril. Her husband was secretly a murderer, um, which you learn very early in the movie. So that's not a spoiler. And she didn't know how to handle it or, or what would happen. And I, and I get that. Um, on the other hand, just like, I kind of feel like if you call the police, they are probably going to believe you that you say like, you're not involved because you're calling the police. Like that's not a great move. If the other person could be like, Oh, Hey, here's some evidence. She helped. So you know, here's video of us planning the crime or whatever it is. Uh, Barbara, is there anything else you'd like to say? I think I'm good. It was nice to talk to you. It was nice to talk to you and we will do this again very soon. Thank you for listening. Um, we're going to do another one of these on Monday. Have a good night folks. <laughs>